0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: so I'm currently in the room on my own my dad's blocked someone in so he's gone to sort that out and um I thought maybe this was a good opportunity to go solo on my career um yeah
2: hello and welcome to episode 15 of Ruthie me and my dad.
1: 15.
2: Uh, 15. Isn't it amazing? They Close to said, 20. And they said it wouldn't last. Now, I noticed this morning, uh, Ruthie, we were walking past uh, a shop, and it was a school uniform shop, and they had the uniform of your old uh, high school in there. Mm-hmm. And you said you wished you were still there at your I old wish, high school.
1: I wish I was still at my old high school, because it was way less stress, and I wish I was still had the school uniform, because how do you pick out an outfit every day
2: well precisely precisely that was the point and i just wondered whether you felt you were under too much stress why do you spend so long and then you try one jacket on and, and then you've got the weather which is another sort yeah of...
1: the weather at the moment it's like you go out in the morning and you're absolutely freezing then by the time it gets to midday you're sweating and
2: Yes, but do you, do you think you put yourself under a, a lot of unnecessary pressure? No,
1: but, I like to look nice.
2: Well, I know you like to look nice, but just, you know, you, you really are challenging yourself to look the, and, and not wear the same things that you've worn before. It's no, like, I
1: wear the same stuff I've worn before, but I don't wear the same thing two days in a row. Oh, like, I'll wear the same top two days in a row, the same bottoms two days in a row, but I don't wear the same top and bottoms mm. two days in a row. I'm like one of those, you know, books for kids where you can, like, switch the top and the bottom. <laughs>
2: And the other thing I noticed this morning, because uh, I was thinking about stress, and I've got a, a, a thing that I'm going to um, share with you from Psychology Today. And I noticed you said to me, we were talking about the uh, about the trains and the fact they've changed the timetables for the trains. And when you watch... Tell me about it. Mm, when you watch the news on TV, it's all about how this affects commuters in the south of England.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, not, yeah.
2: Yes. They're not really bothering about how it affects... the forgotten now. <laughs> how it affects schoolgirls in the north of England. You were telling me about the train times and you were saying that the train has to get in absolutely on time for you to get to school on time. It's often a little bit late. And you said to me, Baso, uh, if it's late, I'm late for school. And I thought, beso? And then you said that short for basically. And I thought, wow, she is under stress. If she hasn't even got time to say the word basically. That's not about
1: stress. That's just about not wasting time, being efficient. One, two, three, got to keep going, keep moving. Mm. Beso. So, uh, beso. No, I actually don't even, I just said, I was saying beso ironically, I didn't mean it.
2: No. This but is I,
1: the thing that I start saying stuff ironically and then it goes into my actual vocabulary mm. and then...
2: Are a lot of kids saying beso these times? People say <laughs> no, I don't even know whether
1: things. it's a natural thing. I've just made it up, to be honest.
2: And what about fam? Fam.
1: Oh, yeah, what up fam.
2: Yeah. What up fam? Yeah. What does what up fam mean? Just what's going on?
1: Fam? It's not much as much for your family. It's like for your friends, like what up fam.
2: Oh, right. So it doesn't mean family? No, not really. Well, I'll tell you what. Should we uh, officially talk a little bit about stress?
1: Oh, officially. officially. Before we were just.
2: That was just uh, a sort of introduction to the subject uh, of stress. Ah,
1: prologue.
2: Should we uh, talk about stress? Come on. I noticed this morning that on the same page of one newspaper, there was not one, not two, but three stories about diet, about what you eat, and I how. What are we were talking
1: about? Stress
2: well i'm just I was wondering before I get into what the stories are if you feel stressed about your diet all the time because you seem to me to be a little bit
1: I'm not stressed about my diet as such like it's more about the way that I look, which is intrinsically linked to diet
2: I mean you're clearly not overweight or anything, but these stories clearly clearly <laughs> the stories this morning then these these are these are the stories this morning in the paper children who watch junk ads eat more. Young people who watch a junk food advert a day eat 350 more calories a week than those who see fewer.
1: 350 calories a week is nothing.
2: No, A, that's nothing, and B, it's another meaningless statistic, because...
1: The kids who are watching the junk food ads as well are probably the kids who are watching more TV, which means that they'll be eating more anyway. Like, it's just stupid. Also, people don't understand what a healthy norm, like calorie intake, and I lump myself in with this. I always I look at something and I think, oh my gosh, that's got five hundred calories in it. But actually, in perspective, that's not that much. No. It's weird, especially I think with teenagers, is that you, you know, one thing. Like I know that I'm not fat. I had this conversation. I don't know whether this is too personal to share, but um,
2: nothing's too personal to share.
1: TMI. That's TMI. Too much information. Yeah,
2: go on. I don't know two. whether this is TMI. No, give us but TMI. I was
1: um, in a changing room in Topshop. And I was trying on clothes and I was just like, oh, I just look so fat and fat and fat. Mum was like, yeah, but you're not fat. I was trying on a size eight and the sizes go up to like 16 in Topshop. And Mum was like, so you're clearly not fat. Like, you know that you're not because you're trying on a size eight and there's a size 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20 that are all bigger sizes than mm. you. So you know it. And I was like, yeah, I know it, but in. Side, I feel something different.
2: Well, I'm just wondering if if all the publicity is just puts too much pressure. In. That's why I was saying, yeah, maybe it it adds it'd be better if no,
1: if no one spoke about it. It probably would be better. But then again, I talk about weight and like sizes of clothes every day with my friends, but that's not reported. I think people think that. it's... So, what
2: do you say to your friends when you're talking about clothes? What are you? T-
1: oh, we'll talk about like, oh gosh, I really need to get fit. Or, I need to start going to the gym soon. Or if I just lose two pounds, or I won't eat that because I ate this an hour ago or whatever you know stupid.
2: I mean, It's stupid it's not just stu- me either it's no.
1: everyone I think that it is a an, natural an thing that girls go through when they're 14 to just, 18 or
2: there's just too much of it now isn't
1: it? yeah i think it's because people talk about it more and people try and examine it
2: so uh, we're getting lots of phone calls uh, ruth from people saying uh, yeah we're enjoying all the chat about stress and we're enjoying all the obesity stuff phone lines are going berserk here but what about ruth?
1: i thought you were serious and i was like <laughs> what is going on shh,
2: shh, shh, don't give the game away and uh, a lot of people saying Where's Ruth's impression this week? Because you oh, did Saoirse Ronan. I thought you'd
1: forgotten.
2: Yeah, Saoirse Ronan last week, and you did look, So <laughs> let's not start that. again.
1: It is Saoirse, you know as well. Saoirse. Because yeah. I I googled after, So we got a comment saying Ruth's pronouncing Saoirse wrong, uh, which was a large premise of the my stuff mm. on Saoirse Ronan. So I was hoping it wasn't true, and then I go, like I googled around it and stuff, and the way that Saoirse Ronan pronounces her name is Saoirse Ronan, but. If you're from a different part of Ireland, you might pronounce it as Saoirse Ronan. <laughs>
2: because what I thought was when I thought it was Sasha Ronan, and I thought that's but with your Leeds accent, it sounded like Saoirse Ronan. And the good thing about your Leeds accent is that this week
1: I've not even had to prepare an impression. Not
2: even had to prepare because you're doing Mel B.
1: Hello, I'm Mel B.
2: Excellent. This is really wickedly accurate, and almost <laughs> as if she's uh, in the room. All right, let's do music we'll start with mine and um, I don't know whether you've heard of this guy you may very well have just heard of him Scott Walker have you heard of Scott Walker I don't think so no well he's a great reclusive genius uh, he's American he was born in 1943 you know, most of my people were always born in the nineteen forties or very early fifties, but he was born in nineteen forty-three. Came over to Britain in the sixties. Um, his real name is Scott Engel, but he's now known as Scott Walker because he joined the Walker Brothers. Now, the Walker Brothers.
1: Walkers, were... salt and vinegar.
2: No, these were the Walker Brothers in the nineteen sixties, and they did some great versions of Burt Bacharach songs. Mm. Um, you're very familiar with the work of Burt Bacharach. They did me. I'm, fa-
1: I'm familiar with that one song. Which one? Elvis Costello one. Oh, yeah, Elvis his Costello.
2: His house is
1: empty
2: now. Well, that's sort of late Burt Bacharach, but his early stuff, like The Look of Love, you know that the one? The
1: Look of Love.
2: That one, Dusty Springfield. And he also did, he wrote a song called Make It Easy on Yourself. Make It e- Easy. <laughs> you don't know that one, do you? Make It Easy on Yourself. No, nope, don't know it. No. The uh, Walker Brothers had a hit with that mm-hmm. and a couple of other Burt Backrack songs. And then he went solo. What's um, his
1: name again? Scott Walker. Scott Walker.
2: Yeah, he went solo and he did his albums. Let me tell you the titles of his first four albums Scott 1, Scott 2. Scott three. Wait,
1: wait, wait. Let me guess. Um, Scott four. <laughs> Spot on. Spot
2: on. Nothing gets past you. And he did. He recorded a lot of songs written by a Belgian guy called Jacques Brel. Have you heard of Jacques Brel by any chance? Brel, B R E L. No. Nope. Uh, Belgian guy, born 1929, died 1978. Wrote, so re- your friends who like revising to French songs would enjoy the work, and yourself would really enjoy the work of Jacques Brel.
1: Jacques Brel. Is anyway, that Jack spelled J A C?
2: J A C Q U E S.
1: Ooh, Jacques.
2: Jacques Brel. And like Jacques Cousteau.
1: Yeah. Who's that?
2: He's the underwater explorer. So you learn underwater
1: things. explorer?
2: Yeah, Jacques what Cousteau. What was he looking
1: for? <laughs>
2: he was looking, what was he looking for? I don't know. Just the uh, organisms and the world underwater. He was, it was a TV, it was on telly, uh, Jacques Cousteau.
1: How long um, ago was that?
2: Uh, 80s, possibly, 70s, 80s. Um, Did he find anything? He found lots of fish, he found other aquatic life. He wasn't
1: like looking for shipwrecks.
2: No, not shipwrecks. But was, when
1: you say explorer, you make it sound cooler.
2: Yeah, no, he was an explorer in the sense that he was exploring the world underwater because it, it was similar. You've seen David Attenborough, Blue Planet, and uh, yeah, Matt, I uh, love Blue Planet. Well, you would have loved Jacques Cousteau, except his wasn't. He wasn't sort of campaigning about the amount of plastic in the water because there wasn't that much in those days. Sir,
1: your song is by Jacques Cousteau then?
2: No, the song was written by Jacques Brel, performed by Scott Walker. It's a shame I can't play the whole thing for you. Uh, This is called Matilda, but you'll get the idea. Matilda. A lot of people in Britain would not have discovered the work of Jacques Brel were it not for Scott Walker, and here he is doing one of those songs.
0: Charlie, don't want another beer? Tonight I'm going to drink my tears. Matilda's come back to me. Go ask the maid if she heard what I said Tell her to change the sheets on the bed Matilda's come back to me Fellas, don't leave me tonight Tonight I'm going back to fight Wretched Matilda's inside
2: Just 20 seconds, which is all we're allowed.
1: Just 20 short seconds. Which
2: is all we're allowed.
1: For reviews purposes. He
2: did quite a few Jacques Brel songs. And and, then he drowned. Who?
1: Jacques
2: Cousteau. Jacques Cousteau. <laughs> just you just been... Jacques Cousteau. Uh, now there's a question. Uh, Jacques Cousteau, I believe, is no longer with us. But Aww. I'm going. Well, I don't know. Well, I'll have a look while you uh, tell us about your tune, which sure. actually did surprise me.
1: Who's this by?
2: Who's your tune Yeah,
1: because I actually don't know because I I know it from <laughs> the soundtrack.
2: Left, yes, it's from the soundtrack of Shrek, and you asked me to find this tune for and you. And I want it
1: specifically from the sh- soundtrack of Shrek.
2: Yeah, well, this is from the soundtrack of Shrek. Shrek and, the and the
1: song is Accidentally In Love. How much longer will
2: Well, I have to say, that was
1: good, wasn't it? Did I you ha- enjoy it?
2: Yeah, it was fine. But I have to say, when you did ask me to download it, and I downloaded it for you, I thought it was pretty, what the word you would use would be basic. Or I would say basic. No, basic no, basic. no,
1: no, 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 no.
2: I'm not saying it's basic uh, in that sense, that it's new, but it's Counting Crows who are around the 90s. No, it's, good. The it's 90s and but they, but well it's okay but it's it's not you're not introducing me to a, a genre of music that i wouldn't otherwise have uh, encountered because i've played i've played counting crows you must have another reason for it
1: you are something else you, you've guessed right sir. So, how popular do you think shrek is what the film yeah shrek one shrek all the track just shrek based on what just based on your knowledge
2: i would say extremely popular
1: but like how popular do you think it is with um 17 year old teenagers
2: sort of reasonably popular it is
1: unbelievably popular you would, the amount, so it's become a massive meme. Uh, can I just meme. say,
2: before you tell me it's a massive meme and I'm looking forward to you telling you about that, uh, can I say, just for anybody who was concerned about Jacques, uh, Jacques Cousteau is still alive. Oh, Sorry, You no, killed
1: Jacques Cousteau. No, he's
2: dead. He's oh, dead. I mean, you, not, did,
1: you brought him back to life and then you killed him again. I've
2: killed him again. He uh, His real name is Jacques Yves Cousteau, but known how here is the, just as Jacques how Cousteau. How are you spelling um,
1: Cousteau?
2: C O U. STEAU ah, you do French. You should know. Uh, C O U S T E A U. Of course. So uh, Jacques
1: Cousteau, born
2: 1910, died 1997. Ah, um, oh, God, pretty, that's not yeah. a long
1: life, really.
2: It's 87 years. Uh, he was pretty wrinkly when he died. 87 years. A lot of them spent underwater. He was a French naval officer.
1: <laughs> he was just. <laughs> he was just old pruney <laughs>
2: <laughs> From being in the water. <laughs> precisely. A French naval officer, explorer, conservationist, filmmaker, innovator, scientist. So That's he,
1: funny. If he wasn't actually wrinkly, he was really young, but he'd just serve so pruney.
2: He co-developed <laughs> the aqualung. Uh, he pioneered marine conservation. What a
1: legend? How have I never heard
2: of it? He was asked, well, you have now, you see. That's the whole point of this podcast, is that you teach me things... I teach you things. And that's why I'm I am was...
1: such a good singer as well.
2: Don't get Jacques Cousteau mixed up with Jacques Brel. Um, well, what was I talking was about? I, I, was I was saying... Oh, yeah, you were saying.
1: Shrek is a massive meme.
2: Ah, Shrek. What? How do you mean it's a massive meme?
1: It's been turned into a meme, a lot. But it gets turned into a meme all of the time.
2: So people use the visuals from Shrek and then they Visuals
1: put... from Shrek, and all put... sorts. Like, after the royal wedding, there was pictures of, like shrek and fiona when they were getting married and people would be like the only couple i care about and so the soundtrack is also really popular now have you heard of the song all-star by smash mouth no um it's the one and the years start coming and they just do coming, so much to do so much to see so what's wrong with taking the back streets you never know if you All don't right. try hey now you're an all-star you know that song no but. no. That's become like a really really popular song Through the film Shrek And everyone listens to the Shrek soundtrack It's a bit like you know I was telling you about how the B movie Has had a resurgence of popularity mm. Through memes and the, internet the culture one. Yeah. yeah it's a bit like that with Shrek This brings me on to What I really want to talk about
2: Ah so we have a new topic A transition you should have said <laughs>
1: the dark humour of millennials stroke generation Z or X or whatever. The Washington Post published an article saying, why is millennial humour so weird? Comedy that appeals to young people can be surreal and dark and completely meaningless. He went on to talk about how this humour has got increasingly dark and twisted and very strange and makes it impossible to explain to anyone else. And so there was some studies done into like traditional sources of where we find meaning from that's like um religion and the formation of the family and how those are becoming less relevant and less important so these sources of meaning have become less relevant and um tom scoker said that last for millennials lasting careers are out of reach millennials are told to go to college but then they but this only leads to debt they put off having kids and buying a house And so they don't have as much meaning in their lives. So they go to these weird forms of humour. And so that's what I want to talk about is how Shrek has become that. It's dark as in weird. Like it's nonsensical. Here's a Shrek one.
2: So that's a picture of Shrek with sunglasses on.
1: Well, I think they're like the type of glasses that people wear when they're blind. And then that's braille at the top.
2: Ah, right. The joke you've shown me there is just Shrek being blind. Uh, Which is what we used to call sick humour years ago Sick Sick, but not sick in the sense No, no, I get you that's sick Do you want to tell you how far back sick humour goes? Go on Lenny Bruce, who you'll never have heard of uh, Hey Maybe I have Have you heard of Lenny
1: Bruce?
2: No They used to call his humour sick humour Because he would take something like, for instance, The Lone Ranger Have you heard of The Lone Ranger? Yeah, movie, yeah and um, his sketch he used to do was uh, the Lone Ranger arriving in a village, clearing up all the, um, all the trouble, you know, killing the, uh, killing the bandits and all that sort of thing. And then ride- <laughs> clearing
1: up all the trouble, killing all the bandits. Yeah,
2: and riding off into the uh, sunset, which is what the Lone Ranger used to do. They would have a go at the Lone Ranger for riding off to the sunset because they'd set out a whole trestle table full of uh, treats and they were going to celebrate him in the village and all that sort of thing and that was what lenny bruce did and it's a similar sort of thing you know taking something popular like the lone ranger and putting a twist on it and this is just saying something popular like shrek and yeah putting a, a twist on but
1: it but it's becoming incre- um i think what the studies have said is that it's become increasingly weird due to an inability to
2: mm. oh, yes, grab anything under- grasp that. anything yeah i understand what you're saying i
1: think it's interesting
2: yeah it is mildly interesting um, mildly Yeah, mildly But I think it's also one of the reasons And you could probably tell me if I'm right or wrong Is that it's much easier now to Photoshop pictures It's much easier oh, to pictures yeah, 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 yeah. Than it ever used to be Yeah, yeah, yeah You, know, you might have had larger in the back of your head Oh, I'll put a picture of Yeah, like it takes it
1: two seconds You've noticed that I've got This can be for the listeners Or you might cut it out But I've got a bit of a lisp <laughs> this week I want to make this like is very it, charming I want to make it a disclaimer Because I've got this massive spot on my tongue like it's huge. It's like a crater, and it's really painful. And it's making me be a bit lispy.
2: It's what we call a mouth ulcer.
1: No, it's not a mouth ulcer. No, 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 no. Because I've ha- I have no, a mouth ulcer. I have a mouth a- ulcer right there.
2: It's a crater then.
1: It's no, because it's on my tongue.
2: Mm. Well, you do get a mouth ulcer on your tongue you know.
1: And I've got all these spots at the back of my tongue I'm a bit worried I've got Kawasaki disease <laughs>
2: That's, And that is another trouble with the internet In the old days thought, Oh it's really painful I know how painful mouth ulcers can be Because I get them myself I was,
1: No these are particularly bad because I do get mouth ulcers <laughs> a lot And I was reading um, diagnoses, diagnoses That is the problem was um, reading on, through diagnoses Listen I was le- reading through diagnoses On like, <laughs> di- like Diagnose myself dot com it was like canker sores, which are mouth well, ulcers I looked at your
2: browsing history it wasn't diagnoseyourself.com it was scaretheshitoutofyourself.com. Mm.
1: It was like canker sores, which are just mouth ulcers then I didn't know oh, why, new... why am I getting I, like this I can't It's um, probably
2: because of your craters that you're not able to keep Yeah it's like
1: canker sores. and then it was like Kawasaki disease and there was Kawasaki's
2: a, whole... a motorbike
1: oh, well, I don't know and then there was a whole load of... it was definitely called Kawasaki and then there was a whole load of other ones and then one of them just said taste buds the, bump at the, the bumps at the back of your mouth might just be taste buds but then the last one was cancer
2: you could have any symptoms whatsoever and if you uh, if you probe deeply enough on the internet you will be frightened that you've got some cancer or other it's sad well it's very sad for people who've got it but it's not sad for people who've got mouth ulcers it's painful when you've got mouth ulcers this is a really particularly bad one yeah of course it is because it's you've got it Um, No, no,
1: no 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 this is a particularly bad one I know. I've shown my friends and they say it's bad. Do they,
2: Ruth? We're going to, uh, if you can struggle through it with your uh, with your terrible, terrible affliction, let's move on to uh, Made in Chelsea.
1: Liv and Digby broke up. Oh no! But I just did that as like a little spoiler for you, but <laughs> um, at the beginning of the episode, Toth meets with Sophie Herman and Oliver Locke. Um, and they decide that Toph is going to throw a twisted tea party So think Alice in Wonderland again mm. And Narnia That's what kind of costumes people were wearing Because um, it was the season finale So I but the finale. It was the season finale But next week, guess what starts? New season Nope What's what what the one I'm, I'm really excited for?
2: Well you're always really excited for some stupid programme on the telly um, No, no, no No, What is it? Something I like as well <laughs> No is it our celebrity?
1: Is it Love Island? The oh, answer Love would be yes. So that's what. So you've just got to have to get to grips with these relationships. But starting from next week, you're going to be getting to grips with some new relationships. Um, in the season finale, there's always like a big glamorous party to kind of set see everything off and whatever it was actually not that dramatic really for the end of season penalties usually there's like drinks flying around and all sorts but it wasn't really so Liv at the beginning of the episode we learn that Liv and Digby have broken up and Sam and Harry Barron are really supporting Liv Um, and a girl called Tabitha who is an old school friend of Liv's and Harry Barron's sees them and comes over and explains that she's just recently gone through a breakup as well and Liv says yeah I've just broken up with Digby and she's really distraught about that. Liv says I've not been in touch with Digby, I've not even seen him, I'm not meeting up with him because sam and harry really feel like liv needs to be strong and not see digby anymore that's what harry and sam think tabitha is walking past a cafe and sees liv sat with digby having a talk about their relationship and getting back together and liv wants to get back together and so does digby even though they're not right for each other at all dad
2: why are they not right for each other liv is the owner of bentley cars or she's not the bentley family
1: she's the yeah, the heiress. The
2: heiress. She's the because she's the quite like I mean, quite.
1: She's very sarcastic and she's quite like I really like the character of Liv. She's very sarcastic, very upfront, and and she's a bit of a party girl as well. And Digby like never goes out. He's like goes to the gym all the time, and he's really like boring, and he doesn't get her humor. Like he's n- not very witty and quick. Watching the show, you can tell that Liv's not herself. Like she's not like very much like how Liv was a season ago. She's oh, not, two uh, not as
2: witty and funny and lively. Is that? No, what
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. She seems really like not herself. Like mm. she's pretending to be someone else.
2: I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah, no, it is actually quite sad though. Mm, it is. But next week, although the season is over, we've got the season wrap party.
2: Ah, so that it'll be still on the telly next week then.
1: Yeah, kind of. But it's not like an actual episode. It's like them. They all sit in a studio and then the presenter she'll get Liv and digby up and she'll be like sir Liv, digby you're still together and then she'll might get Liv and sam up and she might be like sam so what what do yeah. you have to say to Liv now
2: like that kind of thing yeah. um kardashians do we uh, yeah um, can we lump them in with uh, made in chelsea and in no spe- i want the transition please okay have a transition then here we go
1: Completely different things. How dare you even suggest that.
2: <laughs> so, uh, we've uh, we've learnt about Made in Chelsea. Uh, it's now time to move on to a completely different area. After, by a complete contrast, we're going to find out about keeping up with the Kardashians. So, Any Kod- there's a lot of Kardashian news this week. Well, I, saw, I saw a big feature with.
1: Oh, uh, with Kendall Charlie. Jenner. Kendall Jenner. Yes. Oh yeah, but that wasn't news. There wasn't mm-hmm. anything. New. I read it. There wasn't anything new in there. It was just her talking about being the it girl of fashion. Ah, right. So Chloe Kardashian has shown off her daughter True's nursery. This is the daughter with tristan thompson and this nursery includes the crib which is the same one as kim kardashian is used for all three of her children mm. when i googled kardashian news or whatever that was the top like five articles like full page articles that i had to read through to get the gist of the story which is that chloe's got a crib
2: the things you go through for this podcast
1: yeah i no. so my other bit this is not news per se because it's not like nothing's happened but Kylie Jenner has the word meow tattooed on the inside of her lip. Just like there. Oh,
2: just where you've got one of those craters.
1: Oh, so painful. I've got them all over. Um, yeah, I know,
2: you made the point.
1: And so she got this drunk and she told Ellen, there's no real meaning behind it. I just wanted to be able to say I have a tattoo on my face.
2: This is. Uh, it was actually an interview I did on talk radio last weekend. The woman is a former professional racing car driver. She's called Leilani Munter. Munter. With is a, there
1: another person called Leilani?
2: Oh, there probably is. I don't think it's that unusual. It's a German name, obviously. Or I mean, Munter is a German name. She's she's American. At least she's American now. Uh, and she's decided she's not going to have uh, children. She wants to remain child free. Mm-hmm. She's 44 years old. She broke up with the boy that she was with because he wanted children. And then he decided that he could live without children. That was 12 years ago. They've been married since there, uh, since 2009. Um, she says, the only babies in our house have four legs and are furry. Uh, referring to the fact that she has three rescue cats in the house. So she's become a patron of a charity called Population Matters. It's a British charity that campaigns to end population growth. And she's got lots of frightening statistics about how many people there were in the world. Uh, yeah, Yeah, yeah. And I'm just wondering what your reaction is and whether it's the sort of... Uh, campaign that you would uh, approve of so stopping people having kids basically
1: um no one should stop anyone having kids nor convince them to have kids i think what is a good thing is that she's come out as a woman and said i don't want to have kids and that's okay yeah. i think that's good but i
2: think there is too much pressure because you're always there's no- too much
1: pressure on to have there's,
2: bo- this is there's too much, from much pressure Graham. both
1: ways there's too much pressure on you to ha- as a woman, to have kids because that's what you're seen as doing. And like, I remember a girl saying at high school in an RE lesson, "If you you don't have children as a woman, then that's like you're not really a real woman because that's what you're made for to be able to have children." And I was like, I didn't say this because you know I didn't want to start a fight, but like, I'm not just like, <laughs> Well there lots of
2: fights in RE <laughs> lessons?
1: I'm not just like an empty vessel for you to like store your stuff in. Like, <laughs> that's just a ridiculous thing to say.
2: Well, that was more like a Catholic, as a sort of Catholic. Thing yeah, to say, yeah, yeah. And
1: then on the other side, I personally want to get married and have children, and that's kind of what I want to do. Probably when I'm older, I can't say exactly because I'm seventeen, but probably. And there's a bit of a thing of like, you're not a real feminist if you want to get married because it's like a societal construct to keep women mm-hmm. behind men, which is fair enough to say, but you should never. There's not one way to be a feminist or a woman.
2: So why do you why do you want to have children, particularly? Because
1: they're so cute. <laughs> they're
2: so, so cute. cute.
1: No, because I want yeah. to have children. I want to raise other people. Like, that's just... I don't think because it's... Because you feel
2: that's your purpose, to be here on the planet. It's not my purpose.
1: Know. My purpose is lots of things. I want to have a career and I want to travel and... But at some point, I would like to have children.
2: Would you applaud this uh, woman who's trying to, who said she's going to stay child-free? Yeah, and as um, that's
1: fine if you it, want to have. Is more urging children, other people
2: to stay child-free? Well, I don't
1: think you should ever urge other people to do anything. You should never urge other people to have children or not have children. I get it because you should. That's what probably. would you recommend? Like a one-child policy? That's worked terribly in in, in
2: China. China.
1: I mean, there was like massive rates of female infanticide, and you're oh, well, right. Child suicide and
2: maybe it's one it of those things that you can't solve. You can't, like, the, what what do you do about the, the thing is, running out of resources?
1: We talked about this in talked about this with tons of times with friends and at school and stuff. Of like the ideal thing to do for the world to be the best place would be to kill half the people, but you're not actually ever going to kill half the people because it's crazy. <laughs>
2: Yes. Uh, well, that is the problem, isn't it? The problem is the thing. The, will
1: be to do is that everyone should be vegetarians. In the past, we've,
2: the past we've had uh, we've had wars mm-hmm, uh, over resources, and that's cold, uh that's cold a great deal of the population. Or there have been diseases. Oh, people used to die of flu. You know, a lot of people.
1: And people, of there flu. was like the plague, which killed like seventy-five percent of Europe, mm-hmm. or something crazy like that.
2: And whenever you see dystopian fiction, one of the one of the things you often see is killing older people. You know, so that uh, mm. there was a film called. But not Lone.
1: even you don't even have to look into dystopian. You can just look at, um, in like Native American tribes, it wasn't a terrible thing to do. And we learned about how like we so, we can see it. As historians looking back, you can see it as savage, but it wasn't. It was elderly people when they would move from one area to another with the buffalo. The older people would be left out in the wilderness to die because that was the best thing for the tribe to survive.
2: And you have suggested that a few times. Um, I've overheard you talking to your mother saying, Should we, we, we just, leave just leave Dad leave out to die?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which is one Yeah, we had we that snare and I was like, yeah. Should we just put him out?
2: There was a film years ago called uh, Soylent Green with uh, Edward G Robinson. I think I've spoken to you about this one before. And the idea was care of the elderly is a real problem. You know, uh, uh, elderly care homes are often really bad conditions and the resources mm. aren't there to look after old people. And this, these were quite nice um, uh, elderly care homes. The thing being was when the, pe- the elderly people were being killed and turned into protein, uh, which was then, the protein was called Soylent Green and was uh, was sold, you know, as a, as a food. So people were eating the older people. I wouldn't recommend um, that. No, probably not.
1: If people were vegetarians, it actually would be better, though.
2: Well, I, it looks like I'm not gonna have time, uh, Ruth, to go into this uh, report in Psychology Today, which is very interesting about stress. Oh, no. In, yeah, stress you should've t- done
1: that at the beginning, because we were talking <laughs> about
2: stress. What we talk? the problem is, you have so many delightful topics that you want to introduce, that it's sort of... Uh, oh god,
1: you, I cannot get a break, do, catch do a break you, here. I either do too much prep or not enough prep. You've
2: done just the right amount this week and I, and I thank you for it, but it sort of derails me. Uh, but then also, of course, we had to spend a lot of time talking about this terrible, terrible complaint you, you've got, which means that next week, who knows whether you'll be here or not. Oh. Uh, you may very well have been uh, dragged into uh, A&E. Uh, good news though, if you get dragged into A&E at Leeds General Infirmary, uh, you may very well encounter Davina McCall, who's doing. Yeah. A pro- she's just doing a program from Leeds General Infirmary about yeah. all the terrible cases, not obviously as bad as yours, but all the terrible cases that get brought into. Uh, Amy,
1: uh, yeah, no, I did see this advertised actually.
2: Yeah, well, I watched a bit of it last night. Um, What's it like? Um, it's mildly entertaining, I mean, uh, Davina McCall is someone you can only take so much of. I think she's just bit a bit jolly. A little bit over jolly to be honest but uh, yeah, it was an interesting enough program but as I say we're not going to have time to go into that psychology today I, it was just something I looked up uh, on the internet because I thought let's find out what the internet's saying about teenage girls and I did do a, <laughs> I did a search on I just did a search initially saying teenage girls and realized that was probably not the right thing to search for on the computer Ugh, uh, so then I put teenage girls stress And I did get reports from psychology today and stuff. But just before we go, one story about looking at things on the internet. In the sort of fairly early, very early days of the internet actually, um, Martha was, uh, I think she might have just started high school or, and this is Martha, who's now 27 years old and uh, working for The Guardian. Martha, who then was at uh, either at high, just starting high school or at the end of primary school, was doing a, a project on cheerleading. She'd seen it in some American films. Uh, yeah, she'd seen this in American films this, uh, about cheerleading. I can't remember, what's the one about the cheerleaders? Bring it on. Uh, bring it on, one of those. And she said, and at the time, we didn't have the internet at home. But at the BBC where I was working, they did have, yeah, well, we had the internet at home, but it was dial-up and it was really took forever. They had the ethernet.
1: Dial-up, that's a
2: throwback. Yeah, it is a throwback. They had the ethernet at Radio Lead, so you could get on it a lot faster. So I'm working there at the BBC and she's asked me, can you print out whatever it's got on cheerleading? So <laughs> I go into uh, the internet, I go into the search engine and put in cheerleaders a lot of pictures came up and that was just the moment that the boss appeared behind <laughs> my shoulder saying oh what are you looking at there
1: and on that note
2: and on, and on that note i can dub in some laughter later so don't worry about that uh, It was a bit
1: thank fun. you bit for tuning into week 15 of the podcast and we'll be back next week we will indeed. all you know fingers crossed
2: F- what well, fingers crossed yes let's make sure we add that
1: thank you